The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If it's the weekend, it's time to have fun with your pet. But when it comes to technology, apps, and what's hot, you don't want to waste money or waste your or your pet's time. Welcome to Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. In today's show, Lorian and her guests will keep you in the know to keep your pet happy as well as you and your family. Now here's your host, Lorian Clemens. Happy Saturday, Pet Lover Geek fans. Welcome to the show. Oh, it's going to be a good one. Uh, As I mentioned before, uh, November is Family Stories Month. And today, we are going to talk about the power of science and how it can help you learn the story of your furry family members. Now, specifically, we're going to dig into doggy DNA. You remember DNA from biology class? Dio... Di- <laughs> Let me see if I can get it right. Deoxyribonucleic acid. Yeah, that's it, right? And it's the hereditary material that's in humans and almost all other organisms, including your fur kids. Nearly every cell in a creature's body has the same DNA, and it contains genetic code that basically tells your body what to be, and it creates the uniquely you, and it creates the unique dog that's your dog and the unique cat that's your cat. And it was first discovered way back in 1869, but then it was uh, further identified and the structure and stuff like that was, was uh, codified by Dr. James Watson and Francis Crick in 1953. But the study of DNA uh, has really taken off, especially lately, but it's been widely applied for human use. But, as I mentioned... DNA is in almost all animals, including your pets, and here to talk with us today is veterinary geneticist Dr. Angela Hughes from Mars Vet. We are so excited to have her. Welcome to the show, Dr. Hughes. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you. Now, I think a lot of folks are fairly familiar with how DNA is referenced, you know, on crime shows or um, from the week or so that they spent on it in high school biology, but I'm not really sure that most people uh, understand what DNA really is. I mean, I had to look up exactly what it stood for. I kind of remembered, but I didn't really fully remember. So help me paint that picture for our listeners. Yeah, so I like to say, you know, in a nutshell, think of DNA as the basic blueprint for life. It really is the code or the string of information that our cells use to build each individual and essentially tell your cells how to function. So like you said, how to create, you know, you or your dog or your cat. Great. Yeah, so it's and everybody's is 100% unique, right? Short of identical twins, yes. Awesome, great. And I, I personally don't have an identical twins, and 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 dogs wouldn't have identical twins either, if unless they were clones, right? Actually, just recently there was um, some news about uh, a proven set of identical dog twins. Um, until that point, we hadn't had any proof, but these puppies were born by C-section, so a veterinarian had to um, uh, do surgery to remove them, and he noticed that they looked like they had uh, the same placenta. And that led the researchers to go on and do some genetic testing of the puppies to prove that, in fact, they were identical um, uh, twin girls, as oh, it was. wow. That is that is awesome. I hadn't heard that news. That's really cool. Yeah. I, that's awesome. I, actually, I'll, I'm going to 
check in with you later and see if I can get a link to that so we can share it with our uh, listeners. So let's talk about Wisdom Panel, okay? So Wisdom Panel isn't really a, a, the, like the test for proof of identification of what we'd say, you know, used in like a court of human law, like what a lot of us are used to seeing on TV. This is a test that really helps sort out what breeds make up the mutt, really, right? Like, can you give us the, hit the highlights to our audience about how to understand how a test like Wisdom Panel actually works? Definitely. It's it's really quite simple. Uh, they purchase a kit, uh, typically from our website, wisdompanel.com, and then they swab their dog's cheek like you did with Euler and send that off into our lab. And once the lab uh, receives the sample, they scan it into our database, uh, put it into testing, and there it undergoes processing to extract the DNA, that stuff we talked about before, from your dog's cells. And then we examine it for over 1,800 genetic markers, so 1,800 different places in their DNA, Uh, that we can see a a change or a mutation that we can uh, assess. And then those, uh, that data, those markers are sent over to our computer that evaluates them using what we call a a computer algorithm. And that algorithm is designed to consider really all the different pedigree trees that are possible for the last three generations of your dog. It starts with a very simple uh, tree of like, you know, only one breed, so the dog is basically pure for the last three generations. Uh, two breeds, so say mom was a golden retriever and dad was a poodle. Uh, three different breeds, four different breeds, all the way down to eight great-grandparent breeds coming together. And our computer algorithm uses information from our extensive breed database. We have over 250 different breeds, types, and varieties in our database, and it's represented by over 12,000 dogs to create those signatures. And we use that data to then compare to your your dog of unknown origin, in this case, Euler, to see which pieces of Euler's DNA best match to which breeds uh, in order to develop his, his ancestry profile. Oh, yeah, yeah, and you're, you're, I love that you're mentioning the Euler's test because at the end of the show or near the end of the show, we're going to reveal those results. And I was pretty surprised by several of the things. Some of the things I kind of expected. I think his dad, Tom, is going to be very surprised about Euler's breed heritage. Um, and I'm sure you actually hear that a lot. How often do parents uh, say that they're shocked by the breeds that came up in that heritage tree? It certainly is a question we get on occasion, um, but it's important to keep in mind that physical appearance is really only controlled by a, a relatively small number of genes. So we um, we know that the dog genome, so the entire genetic code within a dog, is represented by about 3 billion base pairs. So there's about 3 billion letters, uh, and that's billion with a B in their, in their genome. So each cell has 3 billion letters to make up what they are. And within that group, there's about 20,000 genes. Uh, and those genes, you know, make up what the dog's color is, what, you know, uh, type of enzymes they, they make for different functions, et cetera, et cetera. But really out of that 20,000 genes, a very small number are largely impactful on what the dog looks like. Mm-hmm. As we as we showed with um, Euler's results, uh, as, as you could see in his report, we have several different uh, trait mutations that we can test for right now. And, you know, it's, what, 15, 16 or so, and that can largely give you a sense of, of what Euler's coat color, his coat type, his ear set and tail length, all of those sorts of things. So it's really a relatively small number of, of different um, uh 
genes that control that. Now, several genes are, you know, most genes are recessive, some are dominant. So it's the combination of all of these different genes from his ancestors that come together to really create what what Uller is. So I don't want to give away give away the final call. We'll talk about that probably in a moment. Um, but it certainly makes sense with him, uh, with what his his breed ancestors are. And I can see why as a puppy they thought he was something else. But as puppies in particular, it's really hard to figure out what the dog's ancestry is because most puppies all look pretty much alike, you know, little yeah. little tubular yeah. things um, that until they grow up, it can be really, really hard to even get a, a good sense of a breed ancestry t- um, by visual ID. And even when they're adults, visual ID is usually only about a 25% accurate in picking out even a single breed in a dog. Oh wow! I had no idea that it was that it was that off. <laughs> just looking at a dog, and I, I got to tell you, I'm just listening to you now. I got that test back really fast. It it didn't seem like it took more than a week or so. Maybe it was ten days, but I don't think it was. And and you're talking about billions and billions of code pieces that you were able to to pull out these 1800 markers. Are, are you doing that visually with microscopes, or is that all done via computer? How, how's that happening? Um, it's actually through a um, technology that we call the Illumina chip technology. So I, I won't go into major detail, but it's it's a special way of analyzing DNA. And it, it does take several days. Uh, the process in the lab takes approximately three to five days worth of you know intensive lab work. And then we do the uh, analysis, the QC steps and the analysis on the back end that can take anywhere from a day or two, depending on how many samples we're dealing with at any given time. So once your sample goes into process, if everything's going smoothly, we usually get results back to people in roughly, you know, to your point, about seven to ten days. Wow, that's in- incredible. And the other thing I have to tell you that I was surprised and I was excited about when, when I got the test uh, was I really thought it was just going to be finding out about Uller's breed, something that I could, you know, tease with his dad about. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> I was really surprised and happy to see that there was a bunch of information about his health, about things that, that might actually affect him later in life or even right now. So tell me about how the test gives that kind of information, too. Yes, so we have uh, two additional genetic mutations uh, that we test for in uh, in our Wisdom Panel 4.0 product uh, or test that you used with Euler. One is for MDR1 and the other one is for exercise-induced collapse. The first one, MDR1, uh, is a mutation in the what we call multi-drug resistance 1 gene, and it's found in many herding breeds in particular. Uh, and also a fair number of mixed breed dogs because these these uh, herding breeds are, are pretty popular. And um, MDR1 is really responsible for the production of basically this drug transport pump in your brain. And when the pump is broken, like in a dog that has an MDR1 mutation, they can have adverse reactions to some common drugs that we use in veterinary medicine. So it's really important that if your dog is positive to know this information and share it with your veterinarian so they can really choose the best possible care plan for your dog and either lower the doses of the medications that they're going to use or potentially even decide to not use a certain medication and use something else. Um, some people may know that the, know of this uh, problem referred to as ivermectin sensitivity, although that's a bit of a misnomer because you know there's a number of medications that are also affected by the MDR1 mutation. 
The second mutation that we test for, uh, I mentioned, was exercise-induced collapse, or EIC. And EIC is um, also important because it's an inherited disorder of nerve and muscle tissue that's found in several breeds, but most notably Labrador retrievers. Uh, and this mutation is characterized by exercise intolerance um, in otherwise normal dogs. So they can look perfectly normal most of the time, but if they get really excited and start exercising really hard, particularly a lot of the retrievers are affected with this and it's because, you know, they chase that ball or that bird or whatever. Um, and within a, a few minutes of, of heavy exercise or moderate to heavy exercise, they can have an episode where they collapse and, and um, need supportive care until they can recover. Um, so it's it's one of those, both of these mutations we felt were important for the average consumer to know about because they're things that you can uh, step in and affect. You can choose to you know exercise your dog in certain ways so that they don't have a problem if they have EIC, or you can work with your veterinarian to avoid the medications that could be a problem if their dog was positive for MDR1. You know, and it's, I, I'm glad that you brought that up because uh, pretty much everybody that looks at Uller thinks, oh, that's a Border Collie lab, which are both the herding breed that you mentioned and also Labrador. <laughs> so I think that Tom is probably sitting here going, oh, my God, what am I going to read? Um, don't worry, Tom. Calm down. It's all good. Uh, listen, we're running out of time now, so I'm going to have to wrap it up. But I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, it's been fabulous having to, having you here. Hang tight, everybody. We're, we're going to come back and we're going we're gonna to talk about a couple other DNA uh, fabulous things that are out there for, for testing for your pets. And then after that, we will get to the results for Uller. Hang tight. We'll be right back with Pet Lover Geek. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. 
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, pet lovers. We are so happy that you tuned into today's show, all about doggy DNA today. We were just chatting with Dr. Hughes from Wisdom Panel, and she talked a lot about breed testing and uh, lots of stuff about dogs' heritage and how great DNA is for testing that. And in just a little bit, hang tight, we are going to reveal the results from Pet Hub's pup. Uller's recent Wisdom Panel test. I know a lot of you tuned in just to hear that, but hang on, that's coming soon. As Dr. Hughes mentioned in that first segment, DNA is not just about figuring out the heritage of and breeds of a pet. There's lots of other ways that DNA science is really important for us. It's leading to a lot of really great dis- discoveries, things in the veterinary science uh, side that are really important, really great tools to help our pets live happier, longer lives. So everything from the health of the breeds to detecting possible medical issues and even uh, other identification tools that can be done now with DNA, genetic testing has tremendous potential and application in the pet world. And to join us right now and talk about some more of those applications, we're going to get a chat with another player in the animal DNA field, Randy Smith from DDC Veterinary. Randy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Lorian, for having us. I really appreciate the time today. We're excited to have you. Um, I want you to tell me a little bit, Randy, about how DDC Veterinarian began, because it's a branch of a larger company that was focused on human DNA, correct? Yeah, that's right. So uh, we're at DNA Diagnostics Center, DDC, and DDC has been in business for over 20 years. And for most of that time, uh, we've been involved in, in human relationship testing, particularly in the area of, of uh, human paternity. So uh, if you happen to stumble on the Maury Povich show, you see that Who's Your Daddy stuff that's on TV today, most likely that's coming here to our facility in Fairfield, Ohio. Uh, overall, awesome. we do about 800,000 DNA tests a year, and so we've been doing this for a long, long time. And then in 2003, we started an animal DNA subsidiary, uh, and that started with kind of the human paternity model in mind, but for for dogs and for breeders who want to make sure they get their pedigrees correct uh, so that they can get their AKC registrations in order. So that's really kind of how it started back in 2003 with a, with a doggy paternity. So it's, a, it's who's your daddy for dogs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that you just you just touched on something that uh, I know it's, it's a real hot button issue right now in the pet industry, and that's breeding. And I'm sure you guys hear a lot about that. Um, there's a lot of backlash too, particularly against you know backyard breeders, puppy mills. But I know that you guys work with a lot of really reputable breeders. You mentioned the AKC stuff; they're out there, and many of them that work with you. They're using your test, the DNA test, to do some critically important stuff for the long-term health and survival. Tell me about, about that and what your test can help them determine. 
Yeah, that's right, Lorian. So a big part of our customer base are breeders, and I mentioned you know doggy paternity, and that's one part of it. But since that 2003, we've really grown and expanded to to cover a lot of different areas. So now we do a lot of inherited disease and trait testing. And just to give you a, a few examples, if if we look at a Labrador Retriever as an example, there's so many reputable breeders who really want to avoid um, producing pets that are predisposed to these genetic disorders. These are ge- genetic diseases that can affect uh, the long-term health of the dog. I'll give you an example. There's one called um, EIC, exercise-induced collapse. And it's something that's prevalent among Labrador retrievers whereby with a simple DNA test, we can identify where that, brad, that bad gene is, and then breeders can use that as a tool to help manage their matings and and not to produce those clinically affected offspring that's going to affect the pet owner downstream. So are those are those markers more of those recessive or are they a dominant marker that you want to completely yeah. get it out of? Yeah, most of the time these diseases are recessive in nature. That means that it's not something that you can see um, animals that are carriers for that, therefore will appear to be normal. They'll appear to be healthy, normal animals. But then if you have two parents that are carriers, then you have a good chance, 25% chance of producing an affected offspring whereby you're going to see those uh, clinical signs where the dog actually can get sick as a result of a genetic disposition to a disease. And that's something actually that can carry on even if it's a mixed breed, right? So, you know, I think you know we're doing Uller's reveal here later in the show. And let's say that Golden Retriever or Labrador Retriever, one of these dogs that has this EIC marker, was one of his background great-grandparents or something. That recessive gene could still be in him even though he's not a purebred, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, You know, because a lot of the the dogs that you might see in the rescues or the shelters are uh, predominantly influenced by Labradors and by Shepherds, a lot of these genes do make it downstream. And uh, sometimes it's important to use those DNA tests as a diagnostic tool as well. For example, we'll get requests from veterinarians for a disease called degenerative myelopathy. It's another genetic disorder. The dog's predisposed to... to this disease that is a wasting disease. It can really uh, turn into something bad for the dog long-term. And uh, mm-hmm. if they start seeing problems, they can use a DNA test to help them diagnose it. And so there are, there are so many different ways, not only for breeders, but for veterinarians and pet owners, uh, depending on the breed and depending on the test, that, that can help them uh, right. just make the dog's life a little bit better. So, so you just, okay, so this is great because it's a great transition mm-hmm. to what I want to ask you. So I'm not a breeder. I'm not a vet. I'm just a dog owner. Do you have DNA tests, like for health things? You just mentioned the, the two. Are there other things that I can do as a regular pet parent with yeah, DNA? Yeah, I give you a good example of that. We uh, just launched what we call a dog drug safety test, and this is due to a specific gene called MDR1. It's multi-drug sensitivity uh, receptor, and... What we've found is, uh, based on the work done at the universities, a lot of times these diseases are identified by the university and then a paper is published, and then we'll pick these up and start uh, performing them commercially for our breeder and our pet friends. And so in this case, uh, this is a disease whereby a pet can be predisposed to very common medications, give you an example. I mean, all dogs uh, receive a heartworm treatment, right? And so 
if a dog is predisposed genetically to adverse reactions to an ivermectin medication, it's important for pet owners to know that so that they can consult with their veterinarian and he can perhaps prescribe some alternative medications. Um, so, again, the objective is for the pet owner to uh, try to avoid these adverse reactions to, um, to a bad gene. Yeah, I, I, something that I'm curious about, because I know that uh, Dr. Hughes from Wisdom Panel in the last segment, she talked about how, you know, they don't encourage people to do tests on the puppies for breed stuff because there's some of the stuff that actually doesn't just show until they get a little bit later in life. Is that true for these, the drug-resistant stuff, and do they need to wait a little bit older, well, or is it something you do young? Yes and no, and it certainly is true that the onset and the severity of symptoms is going to vary from dog to dog and from breed to breed, but DNA doesn't change from the the time the animal is born until the animal uh, passes on. The DNA is the same, So, and that's what makes these tools so great is that with a simple cheek swab, you could swab a pup that's just one day old and get a DNA result on that pup and determine all kinds of things about the long-term ramifications based on the genetic makeup. So, you know, if you're able to identify on day one that this animal is genetically predisposed to these diseases, it really gives you a heads up on on how to manage that a little better. You don't want to find out later in the dog's life that it's got a problem. It's better to... um, Proact rather than react, right? And and this is what gives people the tools to be able to do that. Absolutely. So this is something that yeah. really should be in the toolkit of every pet parent now, you know, to get these things done. And and you and I have talked before uh, about some other things that you guys do for DNA that's outside of that health stuff. What kind of stuff is uh, else do you guys do at DDC DNA? Yeah. Well, there's uh, you know besides the the health, there's also some novelty things that we do for breeders. For example, we do a lot of coat color testing. It just helps. Breeders identify where those hidden colors are. I'll give you an example, Labrador Retriever. Um, dominant color is black. Uh, the recessive colors are yellow and chocolate. And if they want to identify where those yellow and chocolate genes are, we have tests for those. Um, DNA is also used as a great identification tool, uh, just like a microchip. Uh, you know, people are very familiar with how a microchip works. You, you use that um, in the event that the dog is lost or stolen. It's a recovery tool, and DNA is a great recovery tool because, again, it doesn't change from the day that, that pup's born. It has a DNA profile, a certain set of markers that are specific to that dog and unique to that dog that no other dog is going to share. And so uh, we've partnered with, uh, with Pet Hub uh, to develop a product called Pet Protect 360. And with that, you get a DNA profile, um, and then you get access to the Pet Hub's uh, great services like the online profile and the GPS recovery and the, uh, the, the scannable tag as well. Uh, and so oh, these are great cool. tools for pet owners just uh, to be able to identify the dog in the event that it's ever lost or stolen, be able to recover it. So let's say that people listening right now, I'm sure they're excited about all these cool yeah. things that you guys do. How, how do they find them? Where can they find them online? Yeah, so the Pet Protect 360 can be found at dog-dna.com forward slash Pet Protect 360. And then if you're interested in our parent company, uh, you can find that at vetdnacenter.com. 
and so a lot of the breeder services are located at that site. It's essentially it's the same company operates uh, from the same facility here in Fairfield, Ohio. Cool. Well, I'll make sure that we share those uh, on our Facebook page uh, so that everybody has access to those links for you. And real quick, in like 30 seconds or less, what, what do you think the future is? What's, the, what's on the horizon for DNA for animals? Well, great, great question, and it is always changing. Uh, that's what makes this field so exciting. And so we talked about these individual tests. One of the things that we're really trying hard to do now is to package those and bundle those into one test, whereby... Mm-hmm. If you took uh, a cheek swab sample from a dog, for example, you could run a whole panel of tests with one sample and, and get all the results, whereas now you have to sort of run them individually. And you can do multiple tests from the same group of swabs, but this would uh, provide the breeder and the pet owner with uh, a whole array of tests for one lower price. Um, That's great. And then beyond that, who knows? I mean, the uh, the horizon is endless, and we're having discussions around, you know, have specific genes that cause behavioral differences. Uh, you may be able to, you know, identify a pup's uh, size, um, you know, start predicting what their nutritional and their health needs are going to be long-term when the pup is just a couple of days old. Those are exciting areas, so... Um, that is exciting, and and, and yep. when those when those new breakthroughs come through, we're going to bring you back on to talk about them for sure. Yeah. Um, thanks so much for joining us, Randy. Uh, we ran just a little bit short on time, but hang tight, folks. In just a couple minutes, we are going to re- reveal Uller's breed heritage. We'll see you in just a minute. Back on Pet Lover Geek. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek 
at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And we are back for the moment you've all been waiting for. I know I'm really excited. I know Tom is really excited. We are here to reveal Uller the Dog's breed heritage. And as I mentioned, I've got Tom Arnold, the CEO of Pet Hub, here in the studio with me today. Unfortunately, Uller couldn't join us. He's, he's, you know, he's home, I'm sure, sitting, waiting patiently, too, to hear out what his background is, who he is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome, Tom. Are you ready for this? Hey, Lorian. Thanks for having me back. And yeah, I'm ready for this. I am excited to learn. When can I open it? <laughs> so, just so everybody at home can understand, we've actually prepared a, a pretty elaborate packet for Tom. It's got the full DNA test in it. It's in a sealed envelope, and uh, we wouldn't let him open it until today. So, Tom, uh, before I let you open up that report, I want you to give me a little bit of a background so everybody can know about how Uller came into your life. <laughs> you you're tormenting me with not letting me see these results. There, I swear she had should have embossed it or put a wax, you know, seal over it or something. The way she's done it. So, um, so Uller, I I joined the National Ski Patrol back in um, 2009, and in 2011, I decided I wanted an avalanche dog. I wanted to do search and rescue work, and. Um, and so I was looking for an animal that would really love the outdoors and the snow and all that. And so I was thinking a Newfoundland uh, would be a great dog. I wasn't sure how well they do for scenting, but I heard that they were used for some of this kind of work. So I went lurking, looking for a Newfoundland. Right. And, and I, I've, I've, I've heard the story a couple of times. But, so you got to the, to the rescue. They said, oh, we've got some Newfie Aussie mixes, right? Something like that? Right. So... Um, I did a rescue. I didn't want to do the breeder thing. I instead uh, thought I could do a rescue, and I looked on PetFinder and found um, uh, one down in Olympia, Washington. I was in Seattle at the time, and so I went down, and uh, they had three puppies. Uh, two of the Newfies were totally focused on each other and playing with each other, and then there was this one puppy who looked very confident and everything and he was sitting there by himself and he just locked eyes onto me i mean if i moved he was just following me but just so focused on me and that's that's the dog that i ended up adopting because he just he he wouldn't let me out of his sight and he came over to me and sat down and everything yeah and that especially for an avalanche dog it's really important that they have that focus so that's good you saw that marker right away you're like okay that's gonna be a great dog but i it was pretty quick that you realized there wasn't any newfie in him right well, as a puppy, I mean, we were looking at him and he seemed like he could still be kind of newfie. If you ever look at his puppy photos and things like that, it was still kind of a question. But he definitely had some white on his nose and things like that. So I knew he was a mix of some kind. And they're saying definitely not a purebred newfie, but like a newfie Australian shepherd mix is what they were believing the parents were. And so um, so I assumed newfie Australian shepherd. And I kept saying that. And people are being very polite, you know. Oh, yeah, I can see that. You know, nobody's going to tell you you have an ugly baby. <laughs> and so... And so so, um, so I assumed, I assumed that that's what I had, but I was never sure. Yeah, and and what's the most common guess when people meet him? What's the most common guess of what mix he is? Well, it's the one that I've actually come to adopt uh, myself, which is I look at him and people say, well, he kind of spins around in circles like crazy when you're about to throw a ball for him. And a lot of border collies do that. And he's really, really smart. Of course, he's smart. He's the smartest dog ever. And uh, so everybody thinks, oh, he's a you know border collie, uh, but clearly not a, bo a purebred border collie. So they think, well, maybe he's mixed with a black lab. So I think border collie, black lab. 
Okay. And that's what everybody else seems to think, too. Yeah, that, and, and I will say, based on the uh, contest that we did, that was definitely the prevailing guess. So, Tom, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and open up your uh, fabulous envelope there. And right. I'm going to, while he's opening that up and looking at it, I'm going to read the results. Oh, thanks for doing that right in front of your mic. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so what we've discovered, essentially, is that Uller is un repeatable. The Wisdom Panel computer algorithm, uh, as Dr. Hughes was talking about earlier, it performed over 7 million calculations using 11 different models from uh, single breeds to complex combinations of breeds to predict the most likely combination. And they went back three ancestral generations to see what the best DNA fit uh, markers were for Uller. And they sent a chart, uh, which Tom is looking at right now, that says this is what uh, is the most likely for Uller to be. Some of them are more definite than others. Uh, and he's definitely a mix, but only four breeds were able to be definitively identified. So his great-grandparents on one side were American Staffordshire Terrier and, golden, and a Golden Retriever mix bred with an unknown mix. The other side of his great-grandparents was a German Shepherd Lab mix bred with another unknown mix. So great-grandparents, we have two of those mixes that are completely unknown. Now, of those four breeds that were identified, they're not actually equal in DNA dominance. So with the most dominant breed that they found in Uller was a German Shepherd. And that was followed pretty closely by Labrador. So a lot of people could guess Labrador, and they were right. But then the next one down, a couple uh, percentage points down, was Golden Retriever. And then finally, I think the most surprising uh, breed that was detected was that American Staffordshire Terrier. Um, but actually, uh, Wisdom Panel marked it as definitely the Amstaff is present, but it wasn't with the same confidence of the other breeds. It's about 3% less than uh, the next breed that's closest to it. So the test also noted that a portion of Uller's ancestry was predicted to be mixed beyond those three generations. And it was really difficult to find the exact individual breed. But there are markers, breed signals, what they call them, that say these are these are likely to be in these breed groups. So there were three breed groups that those mixed breeds that are on the great-grandparents' side are likely with. And they're or in the order of dominance, it's the Asian group, which is Husky, Chow Chow, Alaska Malamute, uh, Sharpays, that kind of thing. And that was almost at full strength detection on one side of the chart. Uh, on the other side of the chart, though, there was a, a pretty much half of that was the hounds, which are going to be things like Bassets and Beagles and Coon Hounds. And then... Uh, also, almost as much as the hounds were companion groups, which I thought was kind of funny. That's the pugs and the Pomeranians and the Shih Tzus. And I think that's probably where Uller gets his idea that he's a lap dog because he is a dog that loves to climb up and cuddle on your lap. So, Tom, I know you got lots and lots and lots that you're looking through right there. But, but what stands out to you? Wow, this is a comprehensive report. This is very cool. Um, well, the German Shepherd, I mean, that's you said that's his primary, right? That's his, like, uh, most yeah, dominant. Yeah, that's the one that they're most dominant on. Okay. Um, I definitely believe that because he's he's very trainable, very smart dog, and, uh, and extremely, as I understand German Shepherds, I mean, he's such an obedient dog. When I ask him to do something, he definitely does it. Um, 
the lab retriever part, uh, I definitely see that he kind of goes and does his own thing and kind of follows his nose. And, and, uh, and uh, he also loves like crazy playing fetch. So those, those are two big things that stand out to me. And uh, he's a big, lovable, goofy guy. And that's what I, that's what I equate with golden retrievers. He's just a, a pretty laid back, easygoing guy. Um, and uh, and when he's in, he's all in, and that's what I think of when I think of uh, American Staffordshire Terriers. So that's that's my first reaction uh, when I'm seeing this. And I want more time to read all this. I know we don't have the time, but this is such a comprehensive report. This is great. I'm curious about the uh, physical traits. This is basically yeah. specific to him because it's it looks like it's using um, a. Sh- I'm trying to figure out is that is that a border is that not a border but that's no a- that's actually a mix. So the picture that Tom's looking at a picture of a little it looks uh, I can't remember what the actual uh, breed that they're listing there is but it's a mix and it and they're pointing out uh, in the test the traits that Uller shares with this dog that they're looking at. So it's going to be things like the long tail, the feathering at the back, the fact that he has it's interesting he has a thing called an E locus and um, that's what they have to have in order to. Have have black fur. If a dog doesn't have that marker, they won't have black fur. Um, so he definitely has that. So that's most likely uh, talking to the uh, Dr. Hughes. Uh, that was maybe on, through the lab or even through the German Shepherd uh, can both have that. So that's going to show you things like it shows you that he has the marker that says he's going to have a black nose and most likely black eye ring. And it's going to have his length of his tail and things like that and the slope of the back and stuff like that too. Okay, I got you. I mean, there is one thing where you see him in sunlight and you can see this tan kind of going across his back. And I've always wondered, oh, maybe that's the Australian Shepherd they told me about. Um, and they actually show that as one of the, as the, they're referring to the trait as a saddle trait. And it says it's possible your dog, uh, for your dog to show a saddle tan pattern of dark pigment over the back. And sure enough, that's exactly what I see on Uller. And I've always kind of wondered what that was. That's really fascinating. Yeah, something else, and I'm showing this to Tom. I'll, I'll definitely share this on, on Facebook. Uh, we had a designer take, and because the traits that were shown as being probably most dominant, Dr. Hughes mentioned, you know, based on his traits that we're seeing, I bet you if you turned a golden retriever black, you would see Uller. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally what you're seeing. Yeah, it was it was really incredible when we when we when we had the designer turn the fur of a of a standard golden retriever black and put a little white on the nose. It was like, oh my gosh, that is Uller, especially in the ear and the face. You really really see it. Wow, this is really cool. I'm really glad that you guys set me up and did this. This is this is really fascinating because I've always wondered and um, and. Uh, how, how, what, what, I mean, it's neat to know this and I actually, I need to look through the medical aspects to see how that applies. I mean, what Randy was talking about. Yeah. Well, DDC. Dr. Hughes and Randy both, um, were talking about the MDR1 and the EIC. And if, those are actually things that are prevalent in, uh, retrievers. So if you'll actually flip to the back of that, Tom, you'll see that the medical stuff is talked about and, and tell us what those results are for, for Uller, because it, it's important since that marker could be in the breeds that he has what are the test results show you uh it shows for okay so um multi-drug sensitivity the gene is mdr1 and the mode of inheritance is dominant 
So does that mean he's a dominant, uh, got a dominant gene then for well, that? Well, it could, but if you look at the result, what does it show? Uh, the results show normal slash normal. Yeah, so it's it's it looks like he's not showing that marker that that would be a, a worrisome marker for the EIC. Oh, no, sorry, the uh, MDR one. And then on the next page over, I think you've got an EIC marker. There oh, on the, I on see. The I see. So these dogs have two copies of the normal MDR one gene and do not have the MDR one mutation. Okay, so that's good to know. Uh, the EIC. So that's exercise induced collapsed, and the gene is DNM1. Uh, motive, motive inheritance is autosomal recessive, and the results are clear. Well, that's good because that boy, when you throw a ball, he is all in going after that thing. He's going to get it, and that's probably the staffy part of him, I would imagine. Also Labradors. I think Labradors, a lot of labs are, are ball obsessive for sure. Well, listen, Tom, I want you to hang tight because uh, we're going to come back in just a minute, and we're going to wrap up the show by announcing who won the Guess the Mix contest that Pet Hub sponsored for us, and we're going to see if anybody, because clearly you didn't guess right, but we're going to see if anybody <laughs> else out there guessed Uller's Mix correctly. Hang tight, folks. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. 
888-285-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And we are back. I've asked Tom to stick with us. Uh, and it is time to reveal the winners of Uller's Guess the Mix contest. Ooh. I know, it's so exciting. And Pet Hub sponsored this, so a lot of the prizes are from Pet Hub, and they're also from Wisdom Panel. So, real quick, we had over 300 entries, which is fantastic. Uh, and funnily enough, 235 of those people guessed that Uller had lab in him. And and as we were talking with Dr. Hughes in the earlier segment, the most common breed that people guess is in their dog is lab. And based on what we heard from both her and Randy Smith, yeah, that's something that actually is in a lot of dogs is that lab or German, which was also in uh, Uller. So and 136 people uh, guessed that he had border collie in him, which is something that Tom also thought uh, he had. But only about a dozen uh, excuse me, sorry, over a third thought that he was a lab border collie mix. So uh, over 300 of those 300 actually thought that that was the dominant combo for, uh, for Uller. And frankly, I would have guessed that too. Essentially, at the end of the day, 230, only 230 people got one breed right. Uh, Uller does have lab in him. And as we discussed, it was the second most dominant breed. But the other three breeds really stumped people. Eight people guessed that he had Golden Retriever. Only five people guessed about the German Shepherd. And Amstaff was the big kicker for everyone. Only three people picked Amstaff. Oh, I'm impressed. Yeah, I was too. Um, and overall, there were actually a dozen people who guessed two of the breeds correctly. And Tom has offered to have his folks at Pet Hub send all of those people an emergency wallet card. Tom, can you give me a 30 second high level of what the emergency wallet card is from Pet Hub? Oh, you bet. So just like we have the ID tag that links to a unique online profile for the animal, we thought, let's make sure that somebody actually has a card for their wallet and on their keychain that links to that same profile. So if you do any updates that have emergency contact information and so on for that animal, for you having that in your wallet card, if something happens to you, that wallet card helps first responders uh, kick off that emergency system you've set up at PetHub so that we can get help for your animal while you're off to the hospital getting help. Awesome. So everybody that guessed at least two of the breeds correctly is going to get that, which is cool. And no no one, as I mentioned, no one got all three breeds correctly. But two people did guess three of the breeds correctly. And both of those folks are actually going to win something. The runner-up who guessed three of the breeds, but not in the right order of dominance, is Danielle Knight. She guessed Labrador golden retriever and then shepherd and danielle she's going to get a pet hub scruff tag it's just like the one that uller wears and a year's subscription for premium service from uh pet hub that's uh really cool and that's a great prize it is a good prize uh and so and finally most importantly our grand prize winner who's going to get a pet hub collar and a lifetime subscription for one pet and some dog is good loot and some other really cool stuff some books and stuff like that and a wisdom panel for her own dog is Glenda Wasson. Glenda guessed the correct order of Shepherd, Lab, and Golden Retriever. So congrats, Glenda. That's really exciting. That prize is worth over $200. We're going to be contacting everybody that won. Everybody that entered, actually, is going to get uh get contacted, but uh, folks that won those prizes, uh, the people at Pet Hub who are sponsoring this contest, they're going to reach out to you. They're going to arrange to get those prizes mailed out to you, and we are really excited uh, about everybody that came and joined in the fun. It was a lot of fun. I, it was 
really funny to see some of the guesses that people put in. A lot of people put things like Cuddlebug and Cutie Pie and stuff like that. I put but, 100% awesome. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Tom, uh, any last thoughts as, about this process and, and uh, what it was like? No, it's been, I mean, I have I've did a, a, a one years ago, like, five years ago and it came back inconclusive for the primary one and then the second one came back as chow chow and I was like what and so you know I was like okay these things don't seem all that great but that was five years ago and the wisdom panel one I mean I'm well pretty impressed with what they came back with and I also did a DDC DNA one a few years ago for the what Randy was talking about to make sure that if Uller were uh, stolen or anything that uh, then you know proof of ownership that kind of thing so um, I, closing thoughts is I'm excited to have this information um, to it helps me with I think it'll help me with more training that kind of thing to understand kind of how he is and uh, the traits that he has for those animals and then I'm really excited I, I have actually been worried about running him uh, with as hard as he goes gangs, you know, all in gangbusters when he plays. I've been worried about that exercise-induced um, uh, collapse. It's been kind of scary for me and in the back of my mind. So, I'm, I mean, of course, I'm going to still be safe with him and how I exercise him and, you know, set the limits for him since he clearly won't. <laughs> but it's it's a relief to see that he's clear of that. Definitely. And I have to say, just I, I, I got to do the actual test and the process itself was really, really simple. And to, and as Dr. Hughes mentioned earlier, you know, it's come a long ways and the more they do it, the more breeds they get into the system. So it's just becoming a more and more accurate test the, the further along we get into DNA science. Uh, so I want to give a big thanks to everybody who joined me today, Dr. Angela Hughes from Mars uh, Pet Wisdom Panel, Randy Smith from DDC DNA Veterinary, a special thanks, thanks, of course, to Tom from Pet Hub, and a huge thanks to Uller, who uh, put up with me while I scrubbed the insides of his cheeks and everything. It was really, this was a lot of fun. Now, we're wrapping up for today, folks. But I want to make sure that you join us next week. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We have got some of the geekiest stuff I've talked about yet coming on this show. We have pet gifts for true geeks. Everything from the silly sci-fi stuff to some serious, really great health uh, stuff. And, and those of you who feel like we give all the love to dogs, do not despair. We are giving a full segment to talking just about tech presence for cat lovers. So join us next week on Pet Lover Geek. Cool. Uh, come join I'm us on our- Absolutely. Come look at for uh, stuff on our Facebook page. That's Pet Lover Geek on Facebook or on Twitter. And we'll see you here next week on Pet Lover Geek. Thank you for tuning in this week for Pet Lover Geek. Please join your host, Lorian Clemens, for another edition next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go grab your best friend and take them out and enjoy the rest of your weekend.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 